Coming up on Unpacked. Mm. Like it's a, it's a fatigue that you can't always explain. It's like you, you you sleep nine hours, but then you wake up still exhausted. So now, how can you treat something you don't even know you have? Why am I? Ha why did I have 13 miscarriages? Mm. Should I just toss it aside? But mm. there's not that information available. When you get another diagnosis and and your your condition manifests, that when that's when you're like, oh, this is really serious. Today's guest that joins us speaks about living with a very rare condition. Now, some of you might think of it as just an autoimmune disease, but there's so much more with this personal experience. Let's unpack. South African media entrepreneur and storyteller Zola Brunner was only a month away from celebrating her 25th birthday when she got the news that changed her life forever. Her specialist informed her that her latest test results had returned positive for a rare autoimmune disease. Since receiving that call, Zola has been in and out of hospital fighting for survival. Today, she is a warrior and she's here to share her story. Let's unpack. Zola, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm so glad you were actually able to be in studio with us today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. So, Many people may have heard about the condition that you have mm -hmm. from the very famous Toni Braxton, who's mm -hmm. gone quite public with what she suffers with, uh, or let me say is living with. Maybe mm -hmm. you can share with us what it's called and what it's all about. Lovely. Thank you. And first of all, the use of language is so important. Yes. So I'd rather not be called a sufferer. Yes. Rather someone that's living with it. Yes. Because I'm still here. Yes, yes. Um, so the condition is lupus. Uh, the scientific term is systemic lupus erythematosus. So what that means is your body is consistently and constantly attacking itself. Mm. Um, uh, for some reason, you know, when you're sick, when you just get a cold, you have these white blood cells that are soldiers and they're out there um, attacking that bacterial, attacking that virus. What lupus does, it just recognizes any part of your body, whether it be skin, whether it be blood, whether it be an organ, and starts attacking it because it thinks it's an invader. Yes. So your body is just thinking that it's a it's this big war zone. And mm. that's, that's pretty much what the condition mm. is. So how has it manifested itself in your body? Because mm. you can go online and you can um, read about all the different symptoms that one can get. Definitely. What are the ones that you, you experience? Right, so the clearest way to say it is the skin, the blood, and the kidneys. Yeah. So when it first started, the skin started attacking my skin. So if I lift up these sleeves, you will see what that means. It will look like a rash. It will look like a deteriorated skin, I suppose. Mm. Um, when you're looking at a blood, it starts to it starts to eat away at your blood cells. So that's mm. why I'm consistently having to have blood transfusions. And mm. you need blood in order to survive and mm. to live. And then your kidneys, I think that's, that's the one that really has taken a knock out of it, um, it starts to attack it. So you start to have less functioning um, use of your kidneys. And that's when you have to start having the conversations about dialysis and about mm. kidney transplant. So in the case of... Um, your kidney issue, if let's say you were to get a transplant mm -hmm. because there isn't a cure for lupus, mm. are you going to be continually experiencing the same thing even with a new kidney? That's such a good question. Um, we don't always know, but mm. my kidney problems will be sorted. Yes. It doesn't mean that my blood problems are going to be sorted or yes. my skin problems. So yes. it's just ticking off one thing. Yes. Yeah. And then because for you it's skin, blood, kidney, mm -hmm. can it evolve, you know, with, with certain things that might 
uh, uh, create new flare-ups. Yes. So it yes. literally could be anything. Yes, and, that, and that's what happened. It started off with the, with the skin, mm. and that's manageable. You can handle yes. something that doesn't look pretty, yes. and then it goes into the different elements. Yes. Yeah, so it does evolve. And why is the kidney then important just in terms of body function? Good question. So the kidney is the, is the organ that filters everything and, and uh, filters your blood. So it cleans out the bad blood from the good blood. Yeah. It allows your red blood cells to filter through and yes. the white blood cells. So if your kidneys aren't functioning well, that also means that the blood is not going to function yes. well. And yes. that's why we have the problem of the blood transfusions yes. that I need to get regularly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, uh, go back to your life pre-diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, was there any indications when you were growing up that you might have an autoimmune uh, disease of some kind? Because we know autoimmune diseases, they can develop at any time in your life, yeah. but sometimes there are indicators when somebody's a child. Definitely, yes. Um, the typical average diagnosis period is seven years mm. before you, from the onset of that first symptom to when yes. you actually get that diagnosis when you're sitting in front of your, your doctor. So I would say that mine was about 10 years before wow. I got diagnosed, yeah. And what was the, f the first indicator that was like something is not okay? It was the joint pain. Mm. So it was attacking my joints. So at that point they were like, oh, you have rheumatoid arthritis. And I was thinking, rheumatoid arthritis at like 16. Yeah. And so that was the first onset. And so they, they treated it as rheumatoid arthritis. But what they're doing, they're just treating a small part because they didn't know what the bigger part was. Mm. And so 10 years later, it manifested into uh, something that was more. And that's when you talk about manifestation, that is the best way of showing yeah. that it takes so long for these symptoms to develop. Um, so it does manifest. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting that that's where it started, but also important how you mentioned you were, it, only the symptom was being treated and not the yeah. actual problem. Because mm -hmm. if diagnosis happens right at the beginning, um, you can preempt certain things. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now you, you, it starts in the joints and what was the next thing that came on? So the next thing it decided, um, it, was, it was quiet for a bit because of treatment. Mm. Uh, I was on something called methotrexate, which is an oral chemo. So it's, it's an aggressive treatment, but it, it sorted it nonetheless. Um, and then I think three months leading up to my initial diagnosis, that is when I saw... Uh, you know, that's when that's when I saw the, the skin manifestation. Mm. So I'd start bruising. Yes. And I don't, I mean, the skin does not bruise very easily. Yes. So yes. it was definitely something that was a concern and obviously pain that comes with it as well. Mm. And so when you go, when you, when you check it out, they have to do multiple yes. tests to figure mm. it out. And, and then they're throwing different, it's, it's a horrible feeling because they're throwing terms like leukemia mm. and they're throwing terms like, um, uh, you know, another autoimmune disease that I didn't even know existed. And they're throwing all these terms until eventually it feels like the best saving grace when you have an answer. Mm. And mm. it's the best thing, really. Mm. And how long ago was this and what was happening in your life at the time? Um, this was about three years ago. Yep, three years ago. Um, and... I think at that time, sometimes it manifests because of a lot of stress or because a lot of things are happening in your life. And at that point, it was sort of um, the panic. I was sort of reaching that moment in my career because that was that's what, what I'm most aligned to when I was uh, having the most stress because it was promotion time yeah. and it was just all these things happening all at mm. once and it was fun and, and amazing. But the body was like, no, it's not coping. Not yeah. today. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. So then that happens. I mean, I want to paint a realistic picture mm. for people at home that we're not simplifying mm. that, oh, it was a diagnosis and then. Yeah. Um, I mean, at some point, did you have to stop working? Were you able to, to be working or did it reach mm. a point where it is affecting your day-to-day -day experience? Sure, sure. wow. Um, got the, the diagnosis and then literally... I thought it was okay. I didn't know what it was. When you hear the word lupus as an autoimmune disease, like it's a, what does that really mean? Yeah. You don't actually know. Um, but it, it was very, very quick. It was two months until I was sitting in a hospital room for about a month to two months just doing tests and just trying mm. to figure it out. So I had to stop working. So you never had to stop working prior, as in for mm. you to reach the point where tests need to be done to get a diagnosis. Mm. Had it disrupted your life mm. or was it the type of thing which mm. I, I know I do mm. when I'm not well, where you're like, I'll go to the doctor in two weeks. It was that. Okay. It was I that. got you. I yeah. got you. It was that. So, yeah, exactly. I got you. Mm. I got you. So now you're in the hospital. You're there for one or two months just mm -hmm. having tests done. What is the reality you're facing every day? I mean, did you think that you might not survive? Um, I, I don't think like that, first of all, because mm. if you start thinking like that, then you're going to spin yourself into a very negative emotional turmoil. But, I mean, you're having, you're having blood transfusions, right? You're having uh, bone marrow biopsies. You're having mm. all the biopsies that they can possibly give you. And then you're also having chemo on top of that. So there's mm. a lot of different um, treatments happening. Uh, I was I was certain that I was okay at that moment. Mm. I didn't think I was not going to survive. I just, this is something that happens. Mm. Um, I think the only other thing really is maybe further along, two years down the line, when you get another diagnosis and and your your condition manifests, that when, that's when you're like, oh, this is really serious. Yes, yes. Like this is... I think I always, when I talk about it, I, I say that um, it was not... It wasn't the start when I when I got that diagnosis. It wasn't the start of a new chapter to say, oh, I'm at this age now. It was basically the start of a whole new book. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes that looks like mourning, right? And and I always I think the best way to explain it is that having a condition, whether it be lupus, whether it be asthma, whether it be um, cancer, whatever it is, it's like mourning a loss, right? Mm -hmm. So not necessarily the loss of a loved one, but the loss of your old self. Because mm -hmm. you really have to say goodbye to that, whether that means that you, you know, you start a whole new career or you stop working completely, mm -hmm. and then you have to redefine what is the self? What is myself? When I take that away, you know, when you when you consider yourself, mm. maybe you've been working, and this and this is your one goal, yes. just to get that promotion and your identity in and some, your identity. As, some aspects. Yes. So when yes. that gets taken away, you're like, okay, what am I sitting with? Am I happy yeah. with this person right now? What yeah. What is the next plan? What are we going to do? How are we going to change so that we can live with this condition? Mm. So it doesn't feel as though it's taking over your life. Mm. So what did the old self then represent to you that you had to mourn mm. and let go of? Uh, a firecracker, uh, focused on the career, and that was it. And that was truly it. You know, when, you, when you're working at, at, at your dream job, because I love what I do, I'm very passionate about it, and, and you're working up until 2 a.m. at the office because that's just... The job needs to get done and I'll go and do more. Um, and... That I think that a lot of a lot of that I was very very much connected to it. So mm. it was quite a bit of a blow when when you're in hospital and maybe you can't physically be in your workspace. 
and you're trying to like do it online, but this is a pre-COVID time. People weren't sitting online mm. doing those kind of things. Mm. So I had to let go of of um, that firecracker uh, that only focused on work. Still mm. love it, but that was my own, only focus. Wasn't necessarily spending as much time as I should be with family either. Mm. And, mm. and I consider it a blessing, mm. actually, mm. that it happened. Do you now feel like lupus is a part of your identity? Uh, no, mm. no, I, I, don't, I don't define myself by condition. Mm. That's one of my statements, right? Mm. Despite mm. your condition, you are a warrior. Yes. So whatever you have, you can still get through it. You've got to be brave. You've got to just get yourself in the mud and, and get through it. No, mm. I, don't, I don't consider it part of my identity, but it definitely um, got me to thinking that, mm. that I'm that I can, I can do more and I can be more. Mm. I, think, I think the reason I, I, I asked that question and frame it that way specifically, mm. some people who have experienced different uh, conditions or even accidents that physically change their mm. lives will say it is a part of me now because it literally started the trajectory of who I am today. Oh. But obviously our language is different. Yeah, Hence, true. there are certain things that I've gone through that I say oh. it is part of my identity because had that not happened, I literally would not be the person I am Beautiful. today. Beautiful. So it's that. a wedding thing. But Love from that. me listening to you and what yeah. you've said about, wow. you know, having to relook at your life and yeah. find that balance, um, I, I, I kind of feel like it's something that changed your life. Yeah, I think that's, that's actually beautiful about language. And I think the reason why I was so vehemently saying no is because in our community, we've got an amazing community. Yes. Ah, love them. Um, we always constantly say that it's not something that defines us because we don't yes. want to have that, that mentality as this is negative and this is bad, therefore woe is me. Yes, and yes. it's okay to feel bad. Yes. You need to feel bad and have those moments, but it's not. This is not forever to feel yes. that way. And you are more than lupus. Definitely, you I'm are a, more a than whole human uh, being yes. outside of this con <laughs> condition. You yes, know? yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm thinking about the viewers at home who who have anything that they are dealing with, mm. and how they put their mind to um, what defines them, who they mm. are. And I think it's so important what you're sharing about there's a whole other human outside of this. Mm -hmm. We recently had an episode of two women who were born mm -hmm. with HIV, right. you know, and how it's important that, um, yes, while it's, it's, it doesn't define you, mm -hmm. it does form an important part of your, your story. Yes. So I, I love the way that you, you speak about it. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's go back now to the diagnosis happens, but you mentioned that you know, within, yes, you get told you have lupus, this is what it is, but because it can keep manifesting, mm -hmm. you keep having other new diagnoses. Mm -hmm. So what has that journey been like for you? Every three months is a new surprise around the really? corner. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and you, and you kind of just take it in because um, what else are you going to do, first of mm -hmm. all? So, but um, it's a it, is, it is tricky because what that means is, Okay, fine, new diagnosis. This means that probably more uh, tests. Mm. This means more needles getting into your body. This mm. means more uh, sitting on a, lying on a bed uh, and having to be knocked out, right? And then after that, it's the treatments. Mm. And then it's not just treatments, also the side effects of those treatments. Mm. So, you know, and 
for an example, one of the treatments that I desperately needed uh, with the kidneys is they call it lupus nephritis, right? Mm. It's the it's lupus of the kidneys. Is that you can have this treatment, and when you have this treatment, it means that your kidneys you, you're going to have more functioning, more function of your kidneys. Mm. At that point, I had 17% function of my kidneys. So wow. yes, you want to have more kidney function, but what you can get from this is. Um, uh, is you can get TB from it as mm. well, and you can also get a cancer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so, so you're picking <laughs> the lesser of three evils. Exactly, yes. exactly. So it's just uh, when you, I think it's just adjusting to to the unexpected. I think mm. that's one of the things. And then um, accepting as well what mm. that looks like. So accepting that, okay, Grace, I've got this treatment, accepting that, okay, maybe I'm going to have to go into a centre every single day to get an IV infusion, mm. an IV drip, and um, I'm not going to be able to uh, see people or I'm going to have to change my diet mm. to, to align with all these things. So it's just, it's just a, it is a mind shift, but mm. everyone is going through something and that's the one thing that I always try and tell people as well. Mm. Yes, maybe I'm, maybe... Uh, hospital, the hospital's my second home, yeah. but someone is going through something else and maybe yes. it's more emotional. Yes. It's an emotional turmoil. Yes. Um, and it's very important to always remember that. What has uh, this whole experience done to your relationship with your body mm. and what your body represents to you? Sure, sure. That That's a big one. Um, and it's big because I never always considered... I was always trying to be healthy. I think we all have those moments. Oh, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should try and try this diet, or maybe I should try and eat a certain mm. way. But, but mainly, mainly the reasons are superficial. Mm. Um, whereas when you have something like this, you start to also think about different treatment options, mm. right? Mm. And I think that's also important because you're not just thinking about. Yes, doctors are going to prescribe medication to you, but then you also realize that there's so many, so many side effects. What mm. other ways can I adjust my 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 healing? Mm. So you might look at um, natural the natural ways, mm. and and part of the natural ways also eating right mm. as well. And that is the biggest thing for me. Where and it was amazing because it was the whole family getting involved and adjusting to a new way of eating. Mm. So what does that mean? That means. Uh, gluten-free products. Now mm. you get gluten-free everywhere, so that does help. But it also means living a life that refined sugar is mm. completely out of the picture, mm. as well as dairy. So, and then then you start thinking, okay, well, let me start eating in a different way. Let me start cooking in a different mm. way. So now, when you come to my house, you'll be surprised that I don't use my stove at all, and that's because I eat in a way that's quite raw, mm. um, because I don't necessarily like the enzymes, and I want to make sure that I'm trying to. To eat as cleanly as, mm. as best to my ability to mm. eat as cleanly as possible. And yeah. you, you know what I was thinking about mm. in terms of relationship with the body was not even necessarily cosmetic, yeah. but when you were speaking about the fact that you might have to be in hospital having needles prodded, that if if I were in that position, a, a part of me might have had to detach itself in terms of my emotional connection with my body mm -hmm. to help me cope. So I'm curious right. to find out what that did for you. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is um, it, cha it, cha it physically changes your body as yeah. well uh, because obviously there's a lot of changes. But then you also you either you either losing a whole lot of weight, like 20 yeah. kilograms, or you're gaining in this d department if you taking specific medication. Mm. If I take cortisone, I know that for the next three months I'm going to be bloating. I'm so everyone knows I'm on cortisone at the moment, yes. so I'm feeling a bit bloated, but it's okay, yes. I've accepted it. Um, so 
with that, it, it's just sort of shedding that, that idea that um, maybe I'm a field defined by my body. Mm. That maybe, actually, you know what I quite enjoyed? I used to think that I looked good in jeans and I had, and maybe I had curves or whatever. And then, then, then all that gets taken away. So then you're like, okay, so fine. That's not, that's not how I should be identifying myself. Yes, yes. And that you're actually grateful for your body, what it can do. The fact that it goes through all of that. You know, it goes through all the trauma and all the surgeries and it, and it goes through childbirth if, you, if you're female or whatever it goes through and it mm. still gets through. Mm. And that, I think for me, it's, that's the part where, where I'm at now. Mm. Thank mm. you, body. Yes. Thank you for making me, I'm still here. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there some kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a privilege, but, you know, rare diseases like a lupus, mm -hmm. Um, if you don't have access to private health care, what, what does that journey even look oh, like? Man, I'm so grateful that you also bring that up because before we even get to that part, it's also the stigma to get to the hospital or to, mm. to get yourself checked out. Yeah. So sometimes the symptoms that, that happen aren't always physical. Mine have always been pretty visible. Yeah. It might be you're constantly fatigued. Like it's a, and it's a fatigue that you can't always explain. It's like you 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 sleep for nine hours, but then you wake up still exhausted. Mm. But but it also indicates to you that something is wrong. But trying to explain it, and I know because I've had these conversations as well. It's um with a, a thirteen year old who was uh, in the bed next to me, but she was from the free state. It took them such a long time to just come to terms with the fact that something was wrong. Mm. And that's just the education. It's not even education because uh, we live in a world where you can have access to it. But just getting to that point is, is people consider you as lazy. Yes. And this so it's is not got its thing. own weird stigma about it. Exactly. Yes, Before yeah. you even get to it, because why are you complaining about just sleep? <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Just... Yeah. Go to, go to bed and why are you sleeping for so long, yes. you know, before we get there? And then, and then when you get to a clinic, um, it's, okay, well, we'll give, if you're not sleeping, maybe we'll give you a panado. So if I understand correctly, I mean, for a person to even get to the point uh, of diagnosis, mm -hmm. they still have to cross all these hurdles. Yes. So now how can you treat something you don't even know you have? Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. When we were off camera earlier, you were speaking about your own personal experience that you had, you know, a tumour on your face. Mm -hmm. And then what happened when you got to the hospital? Yeah, so um, I went in and immediately rushed into casualty. And then they, they asked me the questions, the question that you should. Is it a bee sting? Is it an allergy? And I'm like, no, no, no. I know what it is. It's lupus. And you should probably treat it like this. At, at some point, you become yes. a professional patient. Yes, yes. Um, and they didn't believe me, so they Googled lupus. They started Googling all the symptoms and, and all the treatment plans, um, which it actually showed me the lack of, of education, yeah. whether you're in a private hospital, whether, whether you're in a, in, a, in a public hospital. And, and I think going to your point about access, it's we don't have access, even mm. if you are even if you go to a private hospital yeah. or a public hospital because of the knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. that's why you might someone and I know this is you get you get offered a panado for a symptom that is quite serious. Yes. yes for a symptom yes. that you should actually be hospitalized to get a blood transfusion. Yes, yes. And what that means is that if you don't get that treatment, it is fatal. And we've seen that. And mm. within the community, there's so many people that 
that, that do pass away at 23, at 19, at 32, because they're not getting the right treatment. Mm-hmm. Chat to me about uh, lupus in South Africa specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony Braxton is a, 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 a global musical icon that mm. we all know of, mm. but even her story hasn't gotten most people around the world to suddenly know and understand lupus. Mm. What has it been like in South Africa, your personal experience? Were you mm. able to access information? Were you able to, you know, when you were diagnosed? Mm. Let me tell you about a story that happened um, when I was diagnosed, right? So just imagine you're getting this life-changing diagnosis. Yeah. A diagnosis that, first of all, you're not, you don't have much knowledge about. And the doctor knows that you don't have much knowledge about. Um, and a diagnosis where, where you're going to have aggressive treatment. As I said, you're going to have a treatment. It's going to be cancer. It's going to be cortisone, etc. So I'm in the... I'm in oh, the, you mean chemo? Chemo, sorry, chemo. what did I say? You said cancer, but we, I know what you mean. Oh, no, I meant chemo. chemo yes. yes, I know exactly yes. what you sorry meant. Sorry about yes. that. No, because the association, but I'm glad you said that because somebody at home needs to know chemo is not just about, it's not just treatment for cancer. Yes. And, and I'm glad you said that. And we, Yes, yes. I even have that. <laughs> All right, yeah. thank you. So I'm in the, in the uh, doctor's room and then she says, okay, you have, you have lupus and I think I give her a blank stare because I don't know what that is. And then she proceeds to say to me, um, I, I can see that you don't really know about it. So I'm going to give you this piece of paper. It's got the, the link to the lupus website. And then you can have a look and understand what the symptoms are. And I said to me, but said to her, can you maybe explain to me yes. what it is, first of all, what my symptoms are? Because there's millions of people that have it, but yeah. what about my own body? What can you tell me about yeah. what this diagnosis means for my own body and what potential treatment plans? And she's she basically referred me to a piece of paper. And that, that, so my point is that, that, is, that that's, that's how you can be introduced to yeah. a diagnosis in our country. And no counselling that comes with it. There's no, no. this is, um, here are numbers for support groups. Here's a person who's had lupus mm-hmm. that uh, is, 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 is living comfortably as managed that we can refer you to. So yeah. none of that, just no. here's a link. No, no, but the, what I find quite amusing is that she prepared for this because she, she, she typed it out, she printed it, so she knew <laughs> this is how I'm going to tell people, which also indicates to you that there's many people that actually get diagnosed. Maybe she doesn't know what to say. That's which not, sucks. That's not my problem. <laughs> yes, which I, I paid sucks. you for this consultation for <laughs> yes. you to give me a piece of paper. Um, but even though there's not official numbers out there, which is a problem, first of all, there's yeah. not a number that I can Google and say, okay, great, not great, there's 1.5 million people living with yeah. this. We don't have those numbers for stats. But um, it, it, it definitely is there, and there's conversations that you have mm-hmm. um, that many people have it, whether you meet someone next to you in a hospital bed yes. or whether um, you meet doctors and, and then you meet other patients around there. Yeah. Um, so I know that that more and more people are, be, are have it. I don't think they necessarily know what it is, mm. and I know this because if I <clears throat> do talk about it publicly, um, people then say, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, these are the symptoms that I have. Should I get checked out? And I found that people are asking me for answers, mm. um, which I think maybe that, that happens when, when you speak about it, but we need, we need more answers. We need mm. more research. We need more research in this country mm. so that people don't get shunned away or, or, mm. or shunned when they're exhausted or 
your doctor's Googling it in front of you mm. um, or doctors making mistakes. And, you know, doctors do make mistakes because they also don't know. So there's just a lot that needs to happen within our country. Mm. We mm. look towards, as you say, we look at a Tony Braxton because she's mm. American and, yeah. and that's our pop icon. Um, we look at uh, Selena Gomez as well. She's also mm. um, had it as well, kidney transplant for Tony Braxton and it affects the the brain. So we just, we need to, we need more. Mm. I think what's also difficult with lupus um, is the fact that it manifests in so many different yeah. ways. So it's not just a simple box ticking right. exercise. Like you said, it can yeah. take seven years yeah. to get to the right diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Just for those that are watching at home to be aware that mm. if you are in, the, in, in, in a particular situation, um, let's not put sole blame on doctors getting yes. it wrong is that they, they also have to have to constantly do process of elimination till mm. they get to the right thing. Mm. No, 100%. Yeah. No, good. Talk to me about your community because you keep speaking about my community and somebody's going, I also want to be part of I my community. I want to be part of this community. Yeah. Oh, it makes me so happy. So <laughs> when after, after uh, my doctor gave me that, that, that note, I was like, okay, well, I need to do something about this. Yeah. So I, I just hopped online and I started Googling, um, and you know, you find whatever you find when you Google. And then I, um, Instagram was just an amazing community where there's just around the world these millions of people that have this condition and they're educating each other yeah. and we're educating allies as well. And we're, and we're also just um, living and we're sharing those lived experiences. So I think it was about two months after that the diagnosis happened, and I honestly believe this is the best saving grace mm. in terms of, like, from a mental standpoint. Mm. Um, created a page on Instagram, and, um, and it just started growing and growing and growing. And the, the intention with it is just to share stories, mm. share other people that have the condition in their stories. So rather than saying that, just go and Google it, uh, read up on this. Look what happened to Sarah. Mm. Look what happened to Lesejo living in South Africa. Look what happened to um, uh, uh, Mina in, mm. in India. And it's mm. all those stories, and that's how we, we're learning about the, the condition. So the reason why I just love it so much is because it is positive, but it's also realistic. Mm. And we're not trying to make anyone feel uh, better about themselves about not knowing it. We're just saying these are these experiences and mm. I'm going through this experience. And if there is, when there is a death in the community, it's it's kind of, it all affects us as well mm. because we know these people, we're interacting with them. Um, and and that also is part of our awareness. Mm. And, and that's why I think the community is amazing. So what made you decide to be this activist and uh, create a foundation? And there's a loophole. Mm. that I was seeing, right? And, um, and, and that happens when, when, when you build, when you grow and, and you see things and conversations happening in life. And same way that I was saying that we are severely lacking research in this country because that manifests to many different things. Mm. That's the loophole that we have. So America, they have an amazing foundation. They have a whole lot of research uh, that, is, that is dedicated to it. Um, but what I also think is missing is as patients, we know our bodies better than anybody else, mm. right? So perhaps let's start there. And that's mm. that's sort of the fun, that's where that starts, mm. is finding research that speaks to someone that actually has the condition. Mm. Because mm. you don't always know what, the, what that person's experience is. Um, you know, what are they going through? How does it affect your body, et cetera? Why should we be looking at it? And mm. so I just did a, like an exercise, what should we be looking at? Someone was looking at pregnancy. Mm. 
um, I need to, I want to know, can I fall pregnant? Or why, mm. why, why, why am I, ha- why did I have 13 miscarriages? Mm. Should I just toss it aside? But mm. there's not that information available. And the reality is that, that this condition affects many women during those fertile time mm. and that period. So it is a very, um, it, it's, it's one that we want, that we need to look at more. Mm. So first, so let's look at that and within that we're wanting to build and set the intention to mm. build a research centre in South Africa mm. that also mm. becomes that research centre within the continent because mm. we don't have that. Mm. And there are bodies and I just think we need to bring it together so at a, at a solid space so we can actually make a dedicated cause that speaks to patients. Yeah. So a patient feels as though they speak, it's something about their condition is speaking to them. Yes. And it's, yeah. not, it's not in the way that I felt detached when I got a piece of paper to tell me to Google something. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And then, you know, obviously we've been living in COVID times for a while Mm. now. What were some of the challenges that that you faced? Mm, I think that the interesting thing is that COVID medication in the beginning, and Donald Trump started this, where he made a bold statement to say hydroxychloroquine is going to cure COVID. Okay. Uh, The problem is that hydroxychloroquine is also known in South Africa as Plaquenil, uh, or plasmaquin, actually. There's all these different names yeah. for the same um, medication. Uh, and so everyone started to buy this medication. Mm. So what does that mean? It means that we are actually having a shortage. First of all, the medication wasn't approved to be a cure, so mm. that's just false news, mm. which is dangerous. And then and then we found that um, uh, a lot of our... When, when we went to go and get a repeat, it was completely sold out. So this is definitely medication that assists you... Yeah. Um, that is living with lupus. It's it's part of it's part of the the lupus uh, code. If you have yeah. lupus, you are going to be taking plasmaquin. Yes. So yes, it just shows yes. you how wide it is. It's not, it's not yes. like a little drug. Yes. And and I started investigating a little bit more, and I also spoke to other foundations that deal with. Um, with, with lupus, and yes, it was it was found that many different people were suffering from this medication loss. So we reached out to the board that actually deals with drugs in South Africa mm. and sent out a letter to them to make this announcement. Um, a couple of weeks forward, fast forward a couple of weeks later, because we did stress that it's important, they were able to provide and uh, uh, keep away the medication mm. specifically for lupus patients, mm. which is amazing. So they would uh, hold back medication mm. and that would only be for those patients mm. because mm. this medication can it saves lives. Yes, 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 yeah. I've got you. I think what I admire most about your story is how early on you were able to just take charge of your own narrative by you didn't just rely on the one thing that the doctor said. You went and did your own research. You went and connected with people online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. What is the message to um, not just your community, but to South Africans mm-hmm. about lupus and your story? Mm-hmm. Lupus can happen in, in manifest in different ways. Um, it can make you incredibly sick. And it's important that people know it can make you incredibly sick. It can bring you to your knees. But whatever you're going through, despite your condition, you are a warrior and you can get through it. You just gotta find the channels to get through it. There's people out there that wanna talk about it, that wanna feel connected, and there are medications out there. Mm. Uh, Yeah, Mm. that's the best thing. Thank you so much for joining us and for speaking about your personal journey and your story, I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
Hashtag unpacked with Rile And that is the story of Zola with her journey with lupus. Such a, a rare condition that I'm sure many of you do not know about. So use this opportunity. We'll put up the details at the end of the show. Watch out for that screen. If you feel like you'd like to go get tested, go and get investigated. If you just want to know more, if you want to join online communities, please do so because we are trying to find more ways to be uh, more together, more oneness as South Africans, and to have these type of conversations that bring us a better understanding of what some people are going through. Thank you for joining us tonight. Have a good evening. Next time on Unpacked. I was in between whether am I losing my mind or mm. am I possessed by a demonic spirit of some sort. Mm. Damages are offered for what happened to you. Unpacked with Rilebukhile Mabocha. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcasts weekdays at 5pm. Open up to S3.